repeating that which the Ibish told him, Haitav Aitav Imach. So Pcheskel Kizmira touches on, on the on the Pusik, and they bring it Pcheskel Kizmira, others bring it from other sources. Vatu Martu, the Ibish says, Vatu Martu Haitav. When you say that it's already good, when you tell the Ibish to, wow, it's so good what you're giving me, Chazda Hashem, what I have already, then Aitav Imach. I'll show you, you think that's good? Aitav Imach, I'll, I'll do a lot more good for you. When a person complains, when he tells the Ibish it's no good, oh, this is no good, you think that's no good? I'll show you what no good is. But, you know, let's talk about the Midditary of Mareva. When, when somebody tells the Ibishta, Ibishta, it's so good for me. I have so much good. I'm counting my blessings. You're so, you're, you're so mischassed with me already, right? And Then, you think this is good. I'll show you what I could do. And, of course, the Ibishta's toivus is endless. And there's nothing that, the, you know, there's, there's no limit to how much chesud and the Ibishta can give a person. So that's a gewaldige limit for everyone. For everyone. The Ibishta gives us definitely so much good in our lives. And whoever is listening to anything about Shulam and Chinuch, uh, must have a wife, must have children, so that's Hashem, such a blessing. And I myself, we should only have more of it, Taka. And I think something we can learn from it, like we always learn from the relationship that we have with the Ibishta to any other relationship, and it's such a simple point, and we keep on mentioning this all the time. If you want someone to do something good, you want someone to do better or do more of something, then say it's good already. And then, usually that person is inclined to show you, I'll show you what I can do. That's interesting, because it's counterintuitive. Sometimes you think, I'm not telling him it's good, he's going to think this is good. I must have mentioned this a thousand times. You can tell your child this is good, <laughs> this is not what I want. Tell him it's good, and let him feel good, and let him feel like he's impressing you, and he'll see what it feels like to impress you, and then he'll want to do it even more. So usually, sometimes you have to mention that there's room for improvement, but very often, you don't even have to say it. And if you do, you want to make sure that it doesn't sound like you're negating uh, the compliment that you just gave, that it's really good. But very often, you tell someone something's good and you're happy with what he did for you and you appreciate it, that only uh, breathes more of it. So, so there's definitely something we should, we should all learn from. I'm going to read a, a letter that somebody wrote me. It's a little long letter, um, actually. I don't know. I, I'm trying to read it a little quickly. Okay. Um, and everyone's always invited to send in more questions, which can I know how to keep on coming in and have a long list of questions to get to. So... I apologize for the delay, whoever's waiting to, have, to get an answer. And like I say, I, I wish that things get resolved even before we get to answer them. Okay, hello, Rabbi Grun. I've sent you a question before, and I appreciated your feedback then. I have another question I was hoping you could help me with. It's a combination of Shalom Bayes and Chinuch kind of question. My husband and I have been blessed with two small children. My husband is a wonderful and kind husband and father. Wonderful. Okay, so first I'm going to stop right here and compliment the letter writer for saying that. And, for, and I want to mention that so often it's such a big part of the puzzle. In other words, before you go on, it's so important to notice and realize on your own that yes, you're dealing with a very fine and wonderful person. So whatever complaints you're going to have has to be with the right mindset. Like, hey, I mean, this thing is bothering me, but it's bothering me about someone who's especially wonderful and kind. Okay, and, and sometimes we only realize it when we start complaining. I'm just, I'm just mentioning it. There's been a recurrent issue, however, that's bothering me. Although philosophically we both seem to agree on what would be reasonable nutrition for our children, practically speaking, that's not the case. A while back, my husband started this routine with my three-year-old, if my husband is watching the kids in the morning, when my son wakes up in the morning, he gets a cookie or a regular before eating breakfast. He told me this began because for a while, my son was waking up in a bad mood, in a bad mood, and that's the only thing that would calm him. My son is not a good eater, and it frustrates me that he fills himself up with treats and doesn't get hungry for normal breakfast for a while. I've told myself on numerous occasions that our Shalom Bayes is more important than our children's nutrition, 
And I try to focus on that and not these kind of instances. But it doesn't really work. I try to ignore these things, but at some point something will happen, which I really don't understand. I find myself getting upset all over again. Recently, my son started the day eating two raglach, and my husband had some explanation for it, but I got really upset. On multiple occasions, I have tried talking to my husband to understand his perspective and share that these things are bothering me. Whenever we talk, he always agrees that he would like our kids to be eating healthier, but that in practice there's always reason that it never happens. If my husband watches the kids for a few hours in the afternoon, they'll often end up just snacking all day and not eating real food, which he usually says they were, they were too much for him, and this was the only way he could deal with them, or that they refuse to eat regular food when he's watching them. I know that, Baruch Hashem, this is not a critical issue, but at times it's enough to make me feel very irritated with my husband and therefore distanced from him which I really don't want. Similar kinds of scenarios happen as well when I come home and my baby's diaper hasn't been changed for a while, which also makes me frustrated. I don't want to feel like a controlling wife who needs to monitor every detail in my home, but at the same time, I don't know how to make peace with things like this. I want to feel close to my husband and not constantly irritated. What can I do? If you have any ideas, if you have any ideas to share, I would greatly appreciate it. Okay. You heard that loud and clear. So you have a woman over here who's saying that she has a wonderful and kind husband. I'm just repeating that part. And... He's watching the children in the morning, okay, so he seems to be a very nice guy. Um, and he's giving ragalach to the children. Giving ragalach to the children. And eating ragalach, for those of you who don't know, um, can cause problems with your weight gain and cholesterol and everything else. No, I'm just kidding. I mean to say that, yeah, it's not, it's not healthy nutrition. And she claims that she and her husband both agree on that. So my opinion about it doesn't make such a difference anyway. Um, and then there's a the part about the baby's diaper not getting changed. And what she keeps on mentioning in between the lines over here is that I know my shalom bias is more important. I know that, at least I don't want to feel like a, a, a wife who's monitoring and controlling. Okay? Maybe you feel that way because maybe you see yourself doing that a little bit, but you, know, you don't want that. Um, you, also, you also want to try to make peace with things, but you can't. In other words, what I'm hearing in the question, and I'm just explaining this is, and I think a lot of people go through this kind of, these kind of feelings, very, very normal feelings, I want to do the right thing, I know what the right thing to do is, it's so hard to do it, I get so frustrated, I know the frustration is not good, but, I, but then I get frustrated all over again. I think what it really boils down to, and, and, and I could be wrong, and like I always say, this, this is all the information I have about the situation over here, what it really boils down to is a, a, a personal issue. It's a personal issue. I can't stand when my wife is on the phone. Let's, let's turn it around. Let's say your husband's complaining about a wife, right? I can't stand when my, husband, when my wife is on the phone when she's watching the kids. And when I watch the kids, I give them my undivided attention. I play with them, and I look at them, and I make them feel good, and I, and I, give, you know, I give them whatever I could. And whenever she's watching them, she's on the phone. And every time I come home, she's on the phone. Now, I know that getting upset over it's not, so, not, not, not the right thing to do. I know that it's not gefeilich. I mean, women are on the phone, and, and I know that when they need something, you know, she's there for them. But if mamash eats me up alive, what do I do? That boils down to a personal issue. What do I do? And I know that, you know, logically speaking, there's one way to deal with something, and emotionally, it's a different story. Now, that's a very good question. A very good question. And it might have to do more with, the, with your relationship to yourself than to anyone else. And being that we're focusing here more on the Shalom Bayes and Chinuch parts, I'm going to be shifting a little bit. But I just wanted to mention that, and I'm mentioning it for a reason, I want you, the questioner, or whoever has such feelings, to realize this is a personal issue. Now, working on yourself is not easy. Working on yourself is not easy. But that takes work. There's no, there's no short answer. In other words, when it comes to relationships, and this is what I tell people often when they come to me, when it comes to relationships, it's much easier for me to guide you. Can I tell you what the right thing to do is? The fact that it's hard for you to do, or hard for you to feel good about, or hard for you to want to do, that's a personal struggle, and that's something that a person has to work on himself and keep on saying it and keep on doing it with all the self-talk and power talk and encouragement or whatever, whatever other ways there are to work on yourself. When it comes to a relationship with someone else, it could sometimes be more technical. Do say this, don't say that, and, and just do it. But when it comes to a personal thing about how you feel, it takes work, and, and there's no quick fix, and there's no quick answer either. 
There's a lot of eights, but no quick eights so that's going to work right away. Anyway, so that's the first thing I, I did want to mention, just to just to you know put the question in proper context. Now, again, without trying to sound cynical or dismissive of this of this uh, question over here, and maybe maybe I, maybe the way I worded it before sounded like that. And so I, I'll be very clear. The fact that you and your husband agree that that a healthy breakfast is much more um, nutritional and healthy for a child is not a question. Not a question. Eating ragalich and, and stocking up on snack food is not good. And I don't know of any parent who really wants that to happen. At least I don't. My, my wife doesn't. And neither does this question. And neither does her husband. Nobody's nobody's shipping kids with snacks and saying, you know what? Here, take another snack. Right? No, no need to eat the chicken and the rice. Take the snack. Nobody nobody thinks or nobody wants that. Everyone knows it's not good. The question is, what do we do when a kid starts mentioning? And what do we do when a kid doesn't stop? And what do we do when he's not when he's not behaving? And what do we do when we just don't have the nerves to hold out and, and, and whatever? So that, some people are stronger, and some people are more principled and disciplined. And the kids know it, and they know that with you know with mommy it's no use; she's not going to give it. Or with Tati, sometimes the other way. And and when I ask when I ask Tati three times, he'll give it to me. So they keep on asking. See, husband's not giving it because he wants to give it, and the kids aren't nudging because they want to nudge. It's just how things happen sometimes, regardless of right and wrong. Now, what is important to remember is that nobody ever died from eating a ragula. Remember that. Nobody ever died from eating a ragula. I know from eating 600 of them uh, obsessively, somebody who's an emotional eater and depressed and, 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 and diabetic, yeah, there is such a thing as dying from eating a ragula. But I'm talking about in most cases when uh, kids eat an extra piece of cake, uh, as much as we don't like it, I don't think anyone ever died from eating a piece of cake. Um, nobody ever died from, from, from a dirty diaper, okay? Unless it was, unless it stayed on till the upshell. And nobody, nobody. And what, what I mean to say is that these things are important, but they're only a certain amount important, okay? And sometimes people get stuck over things like this, and, and it's it's a big problem. It's it's a big problem. I I, I spoke with Karavtuni now about the ten secrets of, of a good marriage, and this uh, I spoke about this many times. One of the secrets is. That sometimes it's just kadai to look the other way. Now, it's again, it's not easy, and that's where you go back to the personal issue. Where it's so hard for me to look the other way. But sometimes you have to look the other way. Sometimes overlooking the fact that somebody neglected to change a pamper is the right thing to do. Yeah, but the baby could get a rash and get infected. I know, I know, I know. But in most cases, in most cases, if we're talking about uh, you know the diaper wasn't changed as fast as you would have wanted, it's best to look the other way. When somebody's eating an extra regular. You, you, sometimes even when you told them not to, you tell your child, sometimes it's just best to look the other way. And especially when it's you and your husband and Tishon Bayes, as you very correctly said, Tishon Bayes is more important, it's best to look the other way very often. I tried a whole Tishon Bayes issue that I was dealing with, and again, this is what I do, and I try to help people with it, and I don't mean to be mazalz on anyone's issues, it's a lot to bother you very much. But it was mamish, it became like a magnified, you could think that, that this is, you know, the, the biggest thing on the line today about how a couple was fighting over an extra dose of Tylenol. Okay, one parent wanted to give uh, an extra dose of Tylenol to a child, children's Tylenol, infant Tylenol, and the other one was adamant that it was too soon, it wasn't too soon, it wasn't necessary, the child's head wasn't hot enough, or whatever it was. Now, I don't mean to sound dismissive, and it's very important to, to be very careful about your child's health. So I don't want anyone quoting me saying, well, you didn't realize what you just said, you, know, you, know, you, you were recorded, you didn't realize. Nobody died from an extra dose of infant Tylenol. Remember that? Nobody. Now again, I'm not talking about overdosing a kid or doing anything irresponsible. I'm talking about normal people who have small differences of how they want to do something and we get so stuck on it, assuming that it's going to make it or break it and we turn it into a whole, you know, a whole um, ideology and you're irresponsible, you don't know what you're doing. You know, if the irresponsibility uh, you know, goes to the next level and you have a parent who's leaving a child in the middle of the street or leaving the door open and a child walks out and I've, I've, heard, I've dealt with such situations, of course you have to put your foot down. 
Of course, you can't just say, well, Shabbat is more important. You know, so we'll go look for him. You know, the Shomrim, Chabayim, there's a lot of people that were ready to look for a child these days. You have to know when something's irresponsible. But sometimes we get so stuck on little things, and, and the real piece of advice is to just keep on reminding yourself and keep on remembering that it's little things. And as much as you don't want it, if it's not changing, or for whatever reason this is how it's working and it's not terrible, then maybe just let it go. So think about that. And so often we have to keep on hearing it and keep on remembering that there are things in life that we just have to let go. That's it. We just have to let go. You can't, you're not always going to agree with your husband. You're not always going to think the same as him. And I'm sure there are things that bother him that you do, by the way, just in case he isn't mentioning it because he's too wonderful and kind. Okay? So remember that. Now, now, and a bigger picture. Everybody has their strengths and their weaknesses. Okay? Every spouse, every child, everyone has their strengths and their weaknesses. So your husband's strengths, which have to do with the fact that he's watching children and babysitting and being a nice father and being a kind husband and a wonderful man is beautiful. Appreciate it and harp on it and emphasize it and, and focus only on that. And everybody has their weaknesses. And if one of his weaknesses is that he gives the extra rug or the extra cookie, then see it, aside from the fact that it's not a, 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 a death-threatening, how do you say it, a life-threatening situation, uh, aside from that, it's your husband's weakness. He should be doing things better, and he has so many other things to think about. And sometimes you just have to accept, and, and acceptance, unless, unless something really is intolerable, like I keep on mentioning, I know there are such things. But acceptance is one of the biggest keys to Shulam bias. So it's not that the diaper versus the Shulam bias, what should I look at more? It's the general acceptance which really, def- which really defines so much about what Shulam bias is. Now, getting angry and resentful probably is not getting you any results, even just on a practical level. Now, now, I'm just, now I'm going back to practical, what do we do over here? Getting resentful and being angry is probably not helping any, anyone. And if you never said anything till now, like you keep on saying, you try, tell your husband that it bothers you, but I assume that you did that already, as you mentioned. So you can either try to accept the situation for what it is and decide that it's not terrible, right? And just make believe it's not happening. Or you could try a new way of doing things, or try a new way of communicating that you didn't try yet, which I don't know exactly which you did or didn't try. But I want to tell you what not. To get angry at your husband, or to make him feel like you don't trust him with the children, that's a very bad message. I've seen people do this. Which I had this recently with, I don't, I don't want to go into the details, but uh, it was a, a family thing where they, were, where they were going on vacation, leaving over children, and they would, would only leave the children with this one, yeah, with that one, not, and it became a major trust issue, and people get very hurt when you show them clearly to their face, I don't trust you with my child. Now, if you talk I don't trust someone, then of course you shouldn't leave your children there. Of course not, I, I don't mean to even imply, but sometimes you're going to leave, it, you leave a child somewhere anyway, and you show that person I don't really trust you, so again, you're using my help, you ask me for my favor, right? I'm investing time and energy to be nice to you, and all you're busy implying all the time is, I don't really trust you, do it like this, do it like that. If you don't trust me, go the other way. Very hurtful message when you tell someone, I don't trust you, but I'm going to trust you because I don't have a choice. And so often, spouses do this to each other. I don't really trust you with the kids. What are you doing now? Hello, are you taking care of him? What are you doing? Are you on your phone? You don't want to trust someone. You might want to do it on your own. But having someone help you and giving them the message that you don't trust them is a very hurtful message. And that's something that I think uh, might be relevant to this situation as well. In general, there's a control issue when it comes to parenting. And, and this is something we, we speak about often over here. Um, if one spouse wants the other one to do something a certain way, okay, this could be a control issue. Now, I keep on mentioning it. It's not because I have OCD, because, but because people who listen to me have OCD. Okay? Sometimes people catch me on a word. If your spouse is doing something damaging or irresponsible, of course you have to speak up. But if your spouse is doing something when it comes to the children that you don't like, saying it's our children, so you have to do it the way I like, it doesn't make sense. Okay? You have a tati and you have a mommy, and they both have children. Now, if the tati is the one taking the kids to shul, which is a beautiful thing, and he's spending time with them, or learning with them, and the mommy is telling him how to do it because it's our children, so I should be able to talk in. 
It doesn't always work like that. I mean, you could definitely discuss it and have an opinion and ask nicely. I don't mean to say you have to just uh, keep quiet. But if it's your husband that's learning with the children, and he has a way of doing it, why are you trying to control how he's relating to the child? Unless something very bad is going on. So if you have your time when you watch the kids, and he has his time, and when he does things in his time, sometimes it's all part of the same acceptance I keep on coming to. Maybe just accept that he has a different way of doing it. Instead of telling him, I don't trust you, I'm not happy with what you're doing, or being angry or resentful. Now, if, talk nicely, and telling your husband that you would appreciate if it's possible, and he doesn't give too many ragulach or any at all, if it's at all possible, and it would mean a lot to you, and you'll be appreciative, and, he'll be, and he's able to take you seriously because it was asked nicely, even if it's not so easy for him, that's wonderful. Or, if you only gave one ragulach instead of two, and you say, how many ragulach did he have? He only had one. Oh, okay, why? You couldn't. You had to give him that one instead of saying, thank you. I appreciate that you only gave him one. If you know how to make someone feel good and say it nicely and word it nicely and show appreciation and even when something's not the way it should be but you're still appreciative that someone took you seriously, chances are you'll get a lot further. Now, you may still not and you may still have to accept because your husband may not be the type of guy who really knows how to be very, very strict. You know, but that's definitely something that could, that could be helpful. So, it's not a question that when you make your husband feel good about his role in parenting and how he parents, uh, you'll probably get a lot further. And even if you don't get further in the regular situation or the diaper situation, you might still get a lot further in the shumbayas and the chinuch. Like you mentioned, it's definitely talking about both. And I just want to throw in one more thing which I don't really think is the key over here, but sometimes think about it. Maybe there's too many regular at home. Maybe there wouldn't be so many snacks at home or maybe if it would be put away for certain occasions and it wouldn't be accessible. So again, I don't want to go into a controlling situation here where you start locking things and putting away. But think about it. Maybe there's better ways to deal with situations like this than getting upset one at another. So the Irish is helpful. We should be able to understand each other, be nice to each other, tell each other how good we think each other are, and keep on being even better. I mean, Irish self, we will be able to live in Shulam Shalva. Have a Shulam Shalva.